If you're thinking you should build your handyman or trade skills to become a better renovator, then think again. Those skills are nice to have, but are not going to bring you prosperity. In this episode, I'm going to share with you 10 ways to make your renovating easier and more profitable. You're listening to the She Renovates podcast. You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. This episode is sponsored by the Renovation Bootcamp. It's the renovation fast track for replacing your income now or at retirement. It's our core training and a prerequisite for our Wonder Women program. It's the perfect mix of online and live training. There are eight modules delivered online that you can complete at your own pace. Alongside that, we run eight live Zoom tutorials where you can connect with me and our resident experts to help you to apply the training to your personal circumstances. It includes our signature system, the one that we use to produce an average of 100,000 profit from Cosmetic Plus renovations, plus a repertoire of strategies to make sure that you can progress regardless of what's happening in the market. If you'd like to know more, go to www.theschoolofrenovating.com forward slash bootcamp. Well, hello everyone, it's Bernadette. I am really excited that the year is winding down. Our project's going to market this week, so I'm really in the reflection mode. And I recorded a podcast this morning where the renovator is very hands-on, like she's flipping amazing, and that's going to be coming next week. But what occurred to me is that While the way she goes about the renovation is completely different, she is very hands-on, the principles are the same and that's what I want to talk about today. Some people make the job just so much harder and these tweaks can really make an epic difference. So I'm going to get into it now. At the end of the podcast, I'll share what's been going on in the School of Renovating. Okay, so number one, First way to make your renovating much easier is get organised. Organisation is the top skill for renovators. The amount of time you spend in that planning and preparation stage and how well you do that will predict how smoothly and how quickly the renovation flows. Now, by being organised, I mean you need to think through all the activities that have to happen in the renovation and do the things that you need to do long before you need to do them. So have really thought through the detail and have actioned or done the things that you should do in good time. If you're having to operate on the hop, that will cost you time, money and grief. Of course, you know, getting your trades and your materials organised is part of the process. But even problem solving, I am pretty good at this, but occasionally I slip up. And 
For someone who really likes to be spontaneous, I've really had to work at this planning process. But just as an example of where I got caught out on the most recent project, when the demolishers had finished the renovation, I actually stopped them. The tile glue on the kitchen floor was problematic and they were getting it up with a jackhammer and it was shaking the whole building to bits basically and it was not coming up smoothly. So I told them to stop and decided to solve that problem another way. But I sort of thought or pondered it for quite a while before I came up with the solution Interestingly, the solution came from YouTube. So I had to hire a specific piece of equipment and get a labourer for a morning to operate the piece of equipment. It was called a concrete mower. On the day, I whipped down, I picked it up. They said to me, do you want a vacuum cleaner to go with it, to exhaust it? And I thought, well, I said, what sort of vacuum cleaner? And they said, oh, you know, an industrial vacuum cleaner. Oh, no, I've got one of those. I can use that. Now, in there lay the problem because... My vacuum cleaner didn't attach well to it. Of course, it had a very specific fitting. And as a result, it didn't do a great job of capturing all the dust and dirt. And it was a filthy, disgusting job. And there was dust and rubbish going everywhere. But of course, we had started then. And what I didn't want was to have be paying someone an hourly rate to stand there while I went back to the higher place and got the right vacuum cleaner. So we completed the job, but it was by no means easy. Um, The job itself was easy, but the mess it made was massive. It almost set off the smoke detectors. In hindsight, I should have spent a bit more time on the planning of that equipment and made sure that my vacuum did fit it instead of presuming and so on. So being organised and having attention to detail is epic. Number two is keep good records. This starts with bookkeeping or your tender process. You want that really well documented and your daily journal, keeping really good records of every aspect of your renovation will help you, especially down the track when if you have any disputes over costs, if you have variations that weren't documented, your life will become misery. So making sure that everything is documented and you keep good records. So the bookkeeping, you need to make sure that that's up to date. And when the project's completed, it's finalised so that if you're ever audited by the tax department, you have the records to support your side of the argument. The third way is to build strong relationships that relates to every single stakeholder I've spoken a lot about you know the conversations that you have with strata managers and building managers council but also your trades and some of the things that I think are important just really good leadership skills like I like to really help my trades as much as I can and it's not like I get in there and do their job for them but I let them know that nothing is beneath me and so if I've got someone moving things around I keep the site tidy so their job's easy for one thing but also if someone's unloading materials I will help them do it 
And Stephen and I often have the conversation and he says to me, that's what they're paid to do. You probably shouldn't be doing that. But I personally think that the input that I have on the job is minimal. But, you know, it's the whole thing about a burden shared or a load shared is a load lightened. I just really like to show that my support for them. Then when you need them to go the extra mile for you, you'll find that they are usually more than willing to go over and above. So relationships absolutely matter. The next one is take responsibility for your project. Now, of course, you'd say, of course, I take responsibility for my project. But some people, when they're renovating, it's all about their project And whatever's going on for everyone around, like their neighbours and so on, it's just too bad. They do the bare minimum. I personally think that is a highway to the hard way because you will find that, well, neighbours and um, the people you're working with will be much more tolerant if they feel that you are taking their interests into account. And to give you an example of that, I think I've mentioned on Demolition Day, we had a neighbour on the floor below let us know that his wall was cracking. It sounded like the place was falling down, but when we actually went and investigated, there was a hairline crack along the expansion joint in the wall. A lot of people were saying to me, oh, you know, you can't even see it, which you couldn't. You can't even see it. And I could have stood on my digs and said, that's what an expansion joint is for and blah, blah, blah. But I decided that he had renovated his property two years ago. It mattered to him. And I didn't think it was fair that even though it seemed extremely minor in the scheme of things to me, it wasn't in his mind and that I needed to take the responsibility for what our project had done to his property. So I organised a painter to go and quote on doing the job and then do the job. And even the painter said to me, I think he's taking you for a ride. But I feel really strongly about the fact that we need to leave the property better than we started. And I think that comes back to you in spades. If renovators did take this on, it would mean that we didn't come up against so much resistance when we, you know, requesting for permission to renovate and so on. And then the next thing is know that there are some people that you just cannot please. Otherwise, you can turn yourself inside out trying to keep everyone happy. But there are times when some people just can't be kept happy. And we certainly had that situation with one neighbour. I could have got become very worried about her reactions to the renovation. But I just came to the decision that there was nothing more I could do for her. She was going to complain no matter what we did. So we just needed to move on. The other thing that you really need to have is good listening skills. Really listening, like giving the person that you're listening to your full attention. When we're running, and I have to say I am guilty of this, when we are having busy lives and we are, you know, packing a lot in, often we feel like we don't have the time to commit to listening to an in-depth description. 
but particularly with trades, you do need to listen well, give them the time, because for one reason, you will build your skills in understanding the process. A little trick that I learned is if you're having trouble understanding what a trade is trying to tell you, get them to draw a picture or write it down for you because often that helps them to break it down in such a way that you can understand and some of us are more visual learners than auditory so often that is the secret to actually getting your head around it. The next one is a really big one and that's managing risk. As you know there are just a multitude of risks associated with renovating. Anything from losing money to personal injury. And once again, there's that old question of where does the responsibility lie? Particularly with safety, I think that as a renovator, regardless of whether you have a main contractor who technically has the responsibility or not, you are best to act as if the risk is yours so that you minimise the risk of anyone being hurt on your project. After a person is injured, the conversation about who is responsible really doesn't matter. Once they're injured, there's nothing you can do about it. So preventing personal injury on your site is incredibly important. Being aware, picking up on things that aren't safe, but then also the risk management in terms of getting the right property, doing your due diligence so you don't buy something that becomes a money pit. All those very critical skills to build in order to be a really effective and prosperous renovator. The second last one is to commit to continual improvement. One of the things that we do at the end of a project is review the project so that we look at what we did well, but we also look at what we didn't do well and what we could do differently. So one of the things that's been a highlight of this last project is things falling into the waste pipes. While protecting the waste pipes is something that we do as a precaution and require our trades to do, I really don't know why we had such a problem, but I had to have a plumber clear out all of the waste pipes before the tiler could fit off the floor waste. And so that's something that we will be workshopping in our review of the project to create a system that's going to prevent that from happening again. And then the last one, which I think is probably incredibly important as well, is to know your limits. If there's something that you're not good at and you're not really that interested in improving at it, outsource it. Now, as I mentioned, the thing that I really don't like doing is bookkeeping. I can do it. I'm actually quite good at maths, but I just don't like doing it. And so that's definitely something that I like to outsource. If there's something that you don't like doing or, you know, you might not like managing trades, well, just bring someone in to be a site manager. Anything is possible provided that you're aware of your needs. And that's the main thing that I think that's important. Self-awareness is probably the thing that's going to enable you to really grow your skills and be incredibly effective and profitable. So that's it for 10 ways to make your renovating easier and more profitable. 
Before I go, I want to share what's been happening in our lives. And as we wind down for Christmas, we're getting very excited because we get together with our family and in particular our grandchildren. I normally roar into Christmas at the last minute feeling absolutely exhausted and really not having the bandwidth for it. So this year I have made a conscious effort to make sure I block out time to actually prepare and get present. And so I actually went and bought the Christmas tree. Usually I'm buying a Christmas tree on Christmas Eve virtually, um, but actually went and bought the Christmas tree last weekend. And unfortunately, our children insist on the tree being real, which drives me crazy because then I've got those pine needles to deal with for the weeks following but no it's up and ready to be decorated so I'm very proud of myself for doing that so we had our last big event in the school yesterday where I had the Wonder Women in to do their planning for 2021 and it was just such a high energy event so basically they're pulling together to do a whole lot of projects next year and it's just really exciting. So watch this space. I'm still working with Odette. Well, now two projects for our our investor. One's almost finished. The other one we're about to start, but that one has to be renovated to sell. So that's probably a bigger, not a bigger project, but a bigger commitment in terms of bandwidth. And so we're heading out to look at that tomorrow to put together the plan. I'm also working with another student, the delightful James Bergen, And so he's about to kick off a renovation on his own home. They're the best renos to do because I don't have to do the work, but I get to be in my genius zone, which is pulling it all together. And yeah, so it's all happening. And of course, tomorrow is our, I'm sorry, not tomorrow, Saturday is our auction of Chalmers Street. And so next week we'll be reviewing and then it'll be on to the next project. So it's all very exciting. We've got 10 contracts out. We have one person that registered at the beginning of the week, which I thought was quite keen. And we have had contract changes requested by prospective bidders. So it all seems quite positive, but I've never gone into an auction feeling really positive about it. I always have this sense of nervous anticipation because you really don't know what's going to happen on the day. One thing I do know is it will be sold by Saturday night, so it'd be very exciting. And just to let you know, Damien Cooley, who's the auctioneer, is actually going to stream the auction. So I'll place the link on our Facebook page. That's the School of Renovating Facebook page. And if you'd like to watch, you'll be able to watch it there. It's at 9.45 on Saturday morning, Sydney time. Okay, well, that's it for me today. I hope that you are having a great lead up to Christmas. And I know it's not always a happy time. So for those who are not, you know, not having a great time, hang in there. And if you haven't already left us a review, please do so because it helps to spread the message of our podcast. It makes us happy that you felt motivated sufficiently to go off and write about it. And we just love reading them. So thanks very much. And I'll see you next week when we're interviewing the delightful Charmaine. This is the She Renovates podcast. To discover how to harness the power of renovating, check out theschoolofrenovating.com.